What's up, everyone? You're listening to the Anthro Alert podcast, which is the recording of our live show, Anthro Alert. You can now listen at your leisure and at your convenience. If you're new here on Anthro Alert, this is where Renee and I, your hosts, and sometimes a guest, analyze, break down, and discuss different topics each week anthropologically. Enjoy. Hello, welcome to Anthro Alert. This is, you're listening to Bulls Radio. Or you're listening to Anthro Alert on Bulls Radio, WUSF 89.7 HD3, Tampa, 1620 AM on campus, and streaming worldwide, live and on the scene 24-7 at TuneIn.com and on the TuneIn app. My name is Rene. I am one of your co-hosts here at the Anth- on the Anthro Alert team. Hey, and I'm Spencer. What is going on, listeners? And if you're listening to Anthro Alert, that means that... You have stumbled upon the the greatest discussion of applying anthropology that you will hear today. Yes. Uh, so this show is about anthropology and why it matters. Each week, we hope to discuss how anthropology is relevant, and over time, we we try to feature various guests from, uh, for example, here the Department of Anthropology at the University of South Florida to discuss their research and have them weigh in on everyday topics, current events. Um, the state of the state of affairs of things. Yes. Uh, so we believe that really this is a good opportunity for us as aspiring applied anthropologists, public anthropologists, to better connect with mm. the USF community and raise awareness of the value of an anthropological perspective. Yes, because we matter and we want you to know about it. Yeah, there's a lot of ofs in there. I just yeah, I ofed it out. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we like to. <laughs> So we like to preface each of our shows with the disclaimer that the statements we make and the opinions we express on AnthroAlert are our own and, and may not necessarily be representative of anthropology, uh, the USF, Anthropology Department, University of South Florida, student government, or mm-hmm. uh, any other people with opinions Yep. or non-opinions. Yep. This is where we come once a week to, to rant and ramble about things. Yeah, and, to, and this week we are very excited to have this uh, conversation that we're going to have. Yeah, and and what's that going to be about? We are going to, um, in light of recent events. Yep. Uh, in light of recent events, t- today, this week, uh, on this two, on this two p.m. hour, we are going to be discussing, anth- or um, diplomacy. Yeah. And so yes. we're going to try and and figure out what diplomacy is. And how that's different from international affairs. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah. And then we're going to just try and try and look to see how an anthropologist could maybe work in yeah. the field of diplomacy. I think. I would, think what, diplomacy. Would you, would you call it a field? A I think. It, I think it's more of a profession. A profession. Well, then, because like a lot of different fields can be diplomats. Right? Like, you don't have to come from a specific educational background, I don't think. Maybe there's some that set you up more for success than others. So it's more of like a who you know, who knows you thing? I th- yeah, I think so. Because huh. I would like to find kind of the... Maybe we we could search that up over a break, but kind of what the process is uh, in becoming a diplomat. 
like the you know the application process so like what your background needs to be and and things like that but i think i find diplomacy very very complex but very interesting um and i think anthropology has a nice a nice fit in there well we're biased because we think anthropology has a nice fit everywhere yeah okay that's true yeah um objectively <laughs> so just, just, I don't know. Just, just repeat what you said, but just say objectively. Objective, right? uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. That, that makes it better. Um, okay. Well, maybe we should de- try and define diplomacy first. Sure. Um, well, okay. So I have a really like generic definition that just comes from dictionary.com. So we can give this generic definition, and then maybe we can we can find maybe a more specific one from an organization. Do you when you were when you were um, when you were growing up? Did you have actually like a dictionary, like a book? Oh yeah, I still do. Oh, you really you do? Yeah. I like physical dictionaries. Oh. Um, I mean, dictionary.com is like, it's more convenient, right? Because if I'm writing, I'll just pull up dictionary.com and just like, blah, blah, blah. I use the, the thesaurus more than the dictionary, though. Why? Uh, because when I'm writing, I like to mix up my vocabulary. So I'm like, I want to say this, but like, what's a better word? So I'll look through the thesaurus and be like, yep, that's, that's the one that I wanted. You know, I don't do that. Oh really? That's that's why that's why my my vocabulary is so meager. <laughs> yeah, no, I I have um, the thesaurus dot com pulled up almost every time I'm writing something. Okay. Yeah. So for you listening out there, that's a good tip. Okay, make sure you write that down. Yeah. Just uh, uh, bookmark your thesaurus dot com. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And I mean, if you go to uh, dictionary dot com, it's just like another tab up there. They're connected, so you can go back and forth. Yeah. Because, like, if I find something on thesaurus.com, I'm like, I don't exactly know what that means. I can click on it and then switch back to dictionary, and they'll give me the definition. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I feel, yeah. Or, like, nah, that's not exactly what I meant. So, yeah. find out um, And uh, this show is brought to you by dictionary.com. <laughs> yeah. I'm, ju- I'm just kidding. <laughs> if only. Yeah. Uh, it's, but it is provided by the USF student government. Shout out yes. to Stugo. Yes. Thank you for all of that, for giving us this two-hour segment once a week to to come and discuss, to entertain you all with our rants and rambles, hopefully. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what we'll call it, entertainment. Yeah. yeah. But, In, um, no, no, no. Yeah. This, is, this is like inform, informational entertainment. Yeah, it's infotainment. Right. Oh, look at you coming up with them words. That, I think words. if you go to dictionary.com, that's already a word. Oh, yeah? Yeah. yeah. Maybe. Yeah. All right, so let's... Define di- diplo- yeah, yeah, okay. diplomacy. Yeah, yeah. Diplomacy. So, diplomacy. So diplomacy. There's actually three definitions, so we're going to go. So the first one, okay. Uh, well, so first, if you didn't know, it's a noun. Okay, so diplomacy okay. is a noun. Um, the conduct by government officials of negotiations and other relations between nations. Okay. That's kind of a tongue twister. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit. What's the second one? Okay, the art or science of conducting such negotiations. That sounds kind of uppity. Yeah, it does or, a no, little bit. Well, not, I don't want to use that word. Um, uh, pretentious, I think. That's the yeah, word. yeah, yeah. That's right. Trying to make it a little bit more fancy than what it is, yeah. I think. And that's fine. Yeah, right. I guess. Because I guess dictionary, you have to be more formal about things. No, oh, okay. All right, and the uh, third one? And then so, skill in managing negotiations, handling people, etc., so that there is little or no ill will. So I, the tact of doing negotiations. So the third one sounds the most... Um, digestible like i yeah. understood what you said right uh all right uh and that's not too different from the, the definition we were trying to come up with on our own right 
uh, I think we came up with something like. I think we did something like when I think of the diplomacy, the first thing that comes to my mind is like relationship building. Yeah. Right. Between nations kind of. And so like I think negotiation is a part of that. Right. Because like you said earlier when we were talking off air, it's usually two parties that have very distinct interests. Yes. So right? it's like it's like a coming together, a collaboration and negotiation of of two or more parties with perhaps different interests yeah. and, and um, trying to find some common ground. Right. And then like that third definition said, um, so there's no um, ill will, hurt feelings in between them. Exactly. Okay. Okay. So that's that's what diplomacy is. Right. And so somebody who practices diplomacy is a diplomat. Yeah. Yes. And so there's – if I – I guess if I remember correctly, there's a diplomat – or at least there's a United States diplomat for each country? Or is it just from what we consider major countries, quote unquote? That's it's uh, a good question. Right. So, like, how do you determine if we have a? Is it just if the United States has a relationship with that country? I think it would. I mean, I think it's basically every country minus maybe some some of the smaller ones. But that's. But then wouldn't I mean just wouldn't you want to have a relation? Like, aren't all countries equal? Well, we would like to think so, right? But <laughs> yeah. like in the eyes of yeah. government, That's is true. that is that accurate? I don't know. Hold on, let me let me surf the interwebs real fast. All right. So so meanwhile, while you're doing that, I'm going to kind of uh, just read about how you would become a diplomat, because it just sounds like well, I'll just go to diplomacy school, but there's not there's not necessarily. Well, there are there are schools actually. There are so like Georgetown and Tufts University, they actually have like um, bachelor's and master's degrees in law and diplomacy. Okay. That oh. you can that kind of train you straight for this type of career, like think tank or diplomat or whatever international relations. Oh, and um, yeah, think tank. Yeah, we'll we'll get, we'll, to, we'll that get to that. I'm getting a little ahead of myself. All right. Here. So, how do you become a diplomat? So, this is from the State Department website, and this is uh, I'll just read a little bit of what it says here. So becoming a Foreign Service officer is one way to serve as an American diplomat. While there is no specific academic degree or professional experience required to become a Foreign Service officer, all applicants must undergo a rigorous selection process. This consists of a written Foreign Service officer test. Okay, it doesn't sound too bad. Hmm. A written personal narrative. Eh, who doesn't write one of those? Right. An oral interview. We do those all the time. Right. Um, well, an oral interview combined with role-playing exercises. Mm. That sounds stressful. Mm -hmm. And a medical and security clearance review. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you have to – got to go through probably a pretty intense background check and what stuff. Do, what do you think the medical consists of? Probably just to make sure you're fit for travel. What does that mean? Well, I mean, they're probably just trying to make sure that you don't have any, like, serious medical complications. Tuberculosis. Right. Is that how you pronounce it? Tuberculo yeah. Tuberculosis? Tuber There's a C, like a soft C. Like I think it's like a soft, so it's like tuberculosis. That's how I say it. Okay. Yeah. Um, so it, it reads a little bit more here. Um, so the U.S. Department of State also employs many non-foreign service officers, so people with specialized skills such as doctors and nurses, information technology specialists, security agents, construction engineers, and English teachers, among others. Um, but there's a separate selection process for them, and you don't get to call yourself a diplomat. 
So for the State Department, a diplomat is a foreign service officer. Okay. Um, and so it lists some skills here if you want me to. Yeah, let's um, let's break down the skills. So diplomats must stay must stay calm in stressful or difficult situations and be able to think on their feet, adjusting quickly to changing situations. So uh, they have to be able to stand. Is what I. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, so no no wheelchairs yeah All right. right so medical check they'll find yeah, out yeah. Um, okay so they must be able to work with people from other cultures and oh, I'm sorry with from other cultures with different values oh that sounds pretty anthropological yeah political beliefs and religions alright so so being able to deal with like human variation right All Right. exactly uh, diplomats need strong analytical organizational and leadership skills um, and I would say anthropological Apology kind of gives you the uh, at least the analytical. Yeah, I mean, I think leadership skills is more based off of experience than classroom, right? I, I don't yeah. know. That's just personally, I think being a leader is just gaining experience. Un- unless it's explicitly trained, I agree. Yeah, um, and then organizational, same thing. I, I, those those are things that can be taught. It's just right. Mo- I think most. Academic, like university programs, I don't think they emphasize those things. No, I think organization is just kind of an innate something like someone has. Either you're like an organized person or you're not. Uh, all right, so next, they must have good judgment and high integrity. Okay. Um, yeah, makes sense. Yeah. In addition, they must be able to communicate effectively both in writing and orally. So I mm. think anthropology is good there. Oh, yeah. We write all the time. All the time. <laughs> yeah. they, well, I'm writing now. They must be able. <laughs> they must be able to learn at least one foreign language, and that's often a requirement for um, for some anthropology PhD programs. For most, yeah, except for the exception of like ours. For some reason, PhDs don't have to learn a language. Oh no, I thought they did. Do they? I thought they did. If they don't already, I don't know. They they might. I mean, I think if I mean if you're doing field work somewhere else, you need to know how to speak the language, right? <laughs> yeah, just kind of makes. What do people in Tampa speak? There's just I hear a lot of different languages. There's a lot of languages. Yeah, especially here at USF. Right. I, I mean, I, I would say Spanish is a big one. Yeah. English is a big one. Yeah. I'd say. I hear I hear different Chinese dialects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear Arabic, I, I, various Indian dialects. Arabic, yeah. Um, there's another big one. Oh, there's like some Southeast Asian languages here. So like just based off of like a lot of restaurants I see, like mm-hmm. um, Vietnamese. Thai, I've heard some Thai. Thai Vietnamese. Yeah. So I think those are the big ones, at least that I'm familiar with. I'm um, not sure. And then maybe some other like uh, Haitian Creole. Yeah. Uh, and I think there's I, like a smattering of some European yeah. languages too. Yeah. French, German, Italian. Yeah, right. I've heard it all here. Yeah. That's a cool thing. There's actually... Um, Dutch, Swedish, Finnish? Yeah, there's a big Finnish population in Florida, which I didn't know about, that I found out um, when I was talking to one of our colleagues who is from Finland. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Russian as well? Russian, yeah. I know I know uh, uh, a Russian or so. Right. So some Eastern, Northern European folks. So everybody. Yeah, a little bit of everything. U- USF is like a, a crock pot of the dishes. Of yeah. of dialects. Yeah. Kind of like Florida in general too, depending on where you're at. 
Oh, exactly. Right. Because it's a refugee resettlement area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you'll, yeah, you'll have people exactly. speaking Congolese and Somali as well. Yeah, that's another Well, well Somali, I don't know. I just assume. But um, yeah. Con- Congolese for sure. Yeah. I do know yep. that one. Right. Uh, all right. There's other things here. Um, oh, finally, they must be resourceful and creative problem solvers. I mean, that makes sense. You're going to be put in some tough situations, I imagine. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's all this says. Well, there's a quote. I'll read it. The Foreign Service is a career like no other. Hmm. It is much more than a job. It is a uniquely demanding and rewarding way of life. And that was um, quoted by John K. Nayland um, from, the, from the document Inside a U.S. Embassy. And, and this um, this website that I'm on, so it's from the State Department, but it's like a uh, it looks like a high school recruiting type thing, yeah, or a college recruiting type thing. Anyway, so I, I can't really find the the number just through this quick search that I'm going through, but um, I found this page on CNN Politics because uh, it was the first thing that popped up. Oh, it's fake, bro. <laughs> So take, I mean, take this with a grain of salt, these numbers here. So uh, 307 U.S. embassies, consulates, and diplomatic missions around the world. There's, um, there's more. That's, there are less countries in that. Right. So bigger countries have more, more than, than one okay. consulate. So more than 190. Um, so number of countries in the world. But there's actually, so... So embassies in which visa service have been suspended, Tripoli, Libya, Minsk, Belarus, Damascus, Syria. That, so sound, you can't that get, sounds like the Trump thing. Yeah, so you can't get or the President v- Trump thing, excuse me. Uh, visa services there. Um, countries where the United States does not have a diplomatic presence, even though you even though the United States has diplomatic relations. So there's a few there's a few there, but there are so Bhutan, Iran, and North Korea. We do not have embassies or consulates in those three countries. No U.S. presence there. Okay, so all of those make sense except for Bhutan, which um, where is that? Bhutan is a small. Is that Southeast Asia? Or is it's that, um, is that it's attached Asia? to India, but I can't remember if it's. Let me let me. I know it's like a small nation. Close to India? Uh, well, okay, so why we're trying to figure out where Bhutan is. Um, so I was reading a few things off from the uh, U.S. State Department website, and um, I, it's probably good if we actually go over what the mission statement for the U.S. State Department is. And mm-hmm. so that is to create a more secure, democratic, and prosperous world for the benefit of the American people and the international community. Wait, say that one more time. All right. So to create, so create a more secure and oh, I'm sorry. Create, <laughs> can't read this. Create a more secure, democratic, and prosperous world for the benefit of the American people and the international community. Okay. Interesting. What's your first thought when you when you hear that? Hold on. I'm, I might have I might have to have you read that because I was looking at <laughs> maps of Bhutan. So M- Bhutan M- is multitasking is a myth. Yeah, is sandwiched between Bangladesh, India, and China. It's in the middle. It's sandwiched between those. Okay, I'm not really sure where Bangladesh is. I think I, I mean I, I know where India and China are. Yeah, so Bangladesh is to the the west of India. 
So oh. it's like China's oh, okay. up here, and then India, Bangladesh, and like Bhutan's kind of sandwiched down the middle. I wonder, wonder what's going on in Bhutan. That there's no embassy or no diplomatic presence. I mean, I think it's just it's just no, really small. Nobody I think. cares. Yeah, there's, there's I not, mean, there's I, not room for another building. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Or like maybe they just want to be left alone. <laughs> well, they just want to do their thing. If if you happen to know, just go ahead and give a uh, call us in. Let us know on the call in number. Yeah. Uh, that would be 813-974-9285. Awesome. Or um, you can also send us a text message. Oh, yeah, 802-552-4487. Yep, we, or we, connect with us on Twitter or Facebook. Send us a message. If you have any questions, we can try to answer those as, yes. as best we can. <laughs> i got TweetDeck open now, so I'll, I'll yep. in case. So if you have any burning inquiries, no pressure. let us know. Okay, read that one more time because you have my full attention now. All right, where's that? All right, mission statement. Yep. The mission statement of the U.S. Department of State. Oh, I was saying it wrong this whole time. Is to create a more secure, democratic, and prosperous world for the benefit of the American people and the international community. Let's, let's just break that apart. Yeah, okay, all right. So secure, democratic, and prosperous. Okay. Yeah, I mean... I mean, secure is kind of self-explanatory. I mean... Every government wants a secure country, I suppose. I mean, everybody kind of wants. You want to feel safe. You want to feel safe in your country. Safe. That makes. I mean, that makes sense, right? Yeah. I mean, that's that's a need. Yeah. A want for most people. So okay, democratic. Mm, not all countries are democratic. Right. So. so does that mean those countries are not the best countries they could be? That's kind of what's implied there, I think. Right. Well, I think. I mean, I think according to like the U.S. mission, I mean. Or other democratic countries, because there are other democratic countries. Um, I think that's yeah. I mean, that's kind of like the pushed system, right? Like that yeah. is like that is the correct way to go. Right? So, so uh, there seems to be like elements of coercion there now. Yeah, I mean, I think that's part of the negotiation, right? And part of the interest, yeah. you know, of, and I think maybe part of the conflict too, when you have two so, like two different, sometimes opposing governmental structures. Trying to work around that, right, can be somewhat difficult, mm -hmm. I imagine. Not a diplomat, but I imagine it could be difficult. Um, so maybe there's some pushing of interests, perhaps, mm -hmm. that could occur. Um, so it's secure, democratic, and third one, prosperous? Prosperous. So, I mean, prosperous how? Like, prosperous financially, prosperous just because our population's happy? I mean, I, I mean those are different things, right? Yeah. So it's like... Um, prosperous in having enough food to feed everyone, like you know, sort of an ambiguous term. Yeah, and um, that's kind of the problem with some mission statements is that they're they're written to be uh, too ambiguous and and not well clearly defined. Well, I think that's just because then you can justify how you're meeting the mission statement. Right? That makes sense. It's like a like a way out of right. Okay. Exactly. Um, yeah. So those three things, right, secure, democratic, prosperous, and then for the benefit of the American people, mm -hmm. of course, right? I mean, that makes sense because, I mean, they want to put U.S. Okay. citizens first. They want to put America first. Yes. Yeah. Maybe, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, America, but all, I mean, put our citizens first, I guess, because, yeah. I mean, that that's their interest, right, because yeah. they're the U.S. State Department and the international community, though. I mean, they put that. Um, yes, and the international community, but as long as it aligns with the values, right? Right. 
And then, yeah, I mean, that's where the negotiation comes in. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. I mean. And there's, and there's a whole lot like it. So that's like the actual statement. And then it goes into one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Yeah, I actually found the page that you're on. Oh, okay. So there's like, yeah, there's like a whole eight other paragraphs because they go into like U.S. aid, so you know, like humanitarian assistance and like peace building and disaster relief, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, they actually even have like some strategic objectives and goals that they have on here, like Arab, Arab Israeli peace, a stable and democratic Iraq. So. Um, right there, sort of the the democratic nation, um, democracy and economic freedom in the Muslim world, a stable and democratic Afghanistan, reduction of the North Korean threat to the region and world. Oh well, good job, State Department. You did it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Congratulations. Reduction of tensions between India and Pakistan, drug eradication, and democracy. In the Andean region? South America. Okay. Uh, Strengthen alliances and partnerships. That's just kind of kept yeah. no particular countries there, I don't think. Um, a more effective and accountable United Nations. I mean, there's a, there's a lot. I'm going to stop there. but I There's mean, only four more. Oh, there's only four. Okay, so HIV and AIDS prevention, treatment and care. Okay. Reduction, threat of famine, or reduced threat of famine. Okay. Um, accountable development assistance. I'm not sure what that means, but I'm not going to read the paragraph right now. Um, aligning diplomacy and development assistance. So aligning it. How though? Um, okay. So I mean, what do you? Uh, okay, let's let's start from the top. What do you what do you think about about these, Renee? Uh, well, many of these are from. The uh, George W. Bush presidential era. Well, yeah, and I think a lot of these are kind of based from Operation Iraqi Freedom and yeah. what we've been engaged in for like ten years. So. Yeah. So, so I'm looking at. Let's see here. Um, so HIV/AIDS prevention. So that's a that was a, a President Bush initiative. Mm-hmm. Um, in in 2003, George George W. Um, he was part of the Millennium Change Account too, right? The Millennium Goals. Did he start those? No, that's a UN thing, isn't it? The, that, millen- the yeah, Millennium I Goals. I think that's I a. Know. I think that's a UN uh, initiative. I'm not sure. So, just disclaimer on this, guys. Neither <laughs> one of us are experts on diplomacy. We just find it interesting, and we're just going through the website and trying to anthropologize it. So, take. Take what we say with a grain of salt. Like neither one of us claim to be experts on this. Um, we're I, we're just we're learning. We're I don't learning. know, but if if uh, if if someone from the State Department is listening and you're hiring, I am an expert, <laughs> and I'd be happy to work for you for a substantial salary. If you want two young, ready to go anthropologists to be diplomats, I, I know I know where to find two. <laughs> <laughs> I think we could do it. I think uh, we could do it. Cool. So that's the uh, that's the State Department. We'll take a break and come back and hit up the CIA. All right, let's do it. So we're gonna take take a break. We're gonna listen to some music, and we will be back shortly. All right, keep it locked on Bulls Radio. Welcome back to Anthro Alert on Bulls Radio, WUSF 
89.7 HD3 Tampa, 1620 AM on campus and streaming worldwide at TuneIn.com and on the TuneIn app. Uh, welcome back to the show. Uh, this week, uh, on this hour of Anthony Alert, we are discussing, trying to figure out what diplomacy is. Yep. And uh, we just spent the last couple minutes trying to figure out what the State Department does. Yep. Or Department of State, rather. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I guess I have a better idea now. I think so, yeah. I mean, we read through their mission, <laughs> some of their strategic goals and objectives, um, how to how to become a diplomat. That's uh, some of the requirements there. You, you take a test, essentially. Yeah. Or you take a couple of tests. Uh, yeah, I think so. And then and background as, check. And as long as you're not in a wheelchair, you're in. Yeah. <laughs> right. Because you have to think on your feet. Yeah. That's... It doesn't, it doesn't really say that. It's just a joke. Yeah, it's just a just joke. A joke. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I'm seated. I'm seated now myself. I am. I'm sit, <laughs> seated, sitting down now. So you're, you're not technically thinking I, on your feet. I'm not thinking on my feet. Um, I'm just trying to think about like the the life of being a diplomat. I mean, oh, because yeah, remember that quote? It was a way of life, right? Because I mean, I imagine you really are like you're probably moving around quite a bit. Depending on if you just get assigned to like a, I don't know how this works. Do you get like assigned to a country? Are you just there for every couple of years? Do you go back and forth between the U.S. and that country? I mean, are you assigned to like a region? There's probably going to be aspects of seniority. Uh, yeah. So like yeah, if you if yeah. you're in and you're new, they're going to put you where they think they need you. Yeah. Or yeah. where or where yeah. they think that they'll get the best use out of you. Exactly. So if you're like the child of a diplomat. You're gonna get some experiences, which would be cool. Like that'd be, that'd or be, that'd be awesome. or they could in fact be very terrible. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm gonna be negative about it. Right. It could be just as bad as growing up here. Yeah, I mean, it's probably not for everybody. Yeah. Right? So. Um, but no, it could in fact be like you say, um, quite quite the experience. Yeah. Too bad we don't know anybody that's the child of a diplomat. Because they could come in here and give us some perspective. Yeah, if you're listening, just call us on the number, our number, which is eight one three nine seven four nine two eight five. Drop some, drop some knowledge on us. If you would like to uh, join the conversation or have anything you would like to say, you can also hit us up on Twitter and Facebook. But I think Renee, you wanted to transition from the Department of State to the CIA and we want to see if there's any like what the like what the difference is when we go through their mission is the CIA diplomacy is it not we're going okay. so to re- so let's recap on what the Department of State mission is and okay. that's um Yeah, why don't you go ahead and read okay. that one? So so create a more secure, democratic and prosperous world for the benefit of the American people and the international community. So okay. the, so the idea there seems to be more of a um Hey, let's let's work together to create a place that works for um, especially us, but like hopefully everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's pretty, pretty much. Yeah, I, yeah, that's a good summary. Yeah. Okay, so CIA, their mission: preempt threats and further U.S. national security objectives by collecting intelligence that matters, producing objective all-source analysis. Conducting effective covert action as directed by the president and safeguarding the secrets that help keep our nation safe. So to me, that is not diplomacy. <laughs> <laughs> that's um, that's like like national security threat prevention. Y- yeah, yeah. That's directly preventing our interests. But yeah, 
Yeah. I mean, just like just general like safety. But but preemptive though. Yeah. So the so the idea is that the CIA identifies something and says, "Oh, we need to shut that down." Yeah. Right. And however, so however that, it is that that happens. Intelligence gathering and analysis. Yeah. Um, so the other thing I picked up on was oh, collecting intelligence that matters. Right. So meaning that some intelligence was going to be irrelevant. So I think it just kind of like wading through the nonsense a little bit because I mean not everything that you collect is going to be. I imagine not everything you collect is even going to be accurate. So I kind of picture this like I'm playing like a like a big a big open world video game. Yeah. Where like I'm going through and I'm collecting all these little pointless knickknacks mm. because if I get ten of them I'll get a special badge. <laughs> but yeah. it, but it really doesn't matter to the overall gameplay, right? Right. But I mean, you know, I guess you just like gather all those knickknacks and for the hopes that you're going to find a legendary one, right? So like that one's going to really upgrade you. That one's going to really matter. I've never been that lucky in a game. <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't know. I mean, I don't I don't know how intelligence gathering really works. I mean, I have an idea, but I don't Oh, I mean, they could probably um like if it's like if you're if you're cuz CIA, I'm thinking like um espionage, right? Sure. Spying. Yeah. Right. I'm sure it's not like as cool as Hollywood makes it sound though. Right? I'm gonna I'm gonna try and convince you otherwise. Okay, all without, right. Without right. really knowing because I don't know anything. Right. Um, but they probably uh, they probably like rig up dolphins. Oh yeah. And they send dolphins out to collect uh, data. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Like climate change data. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure they use animals for that, right? Dolphins, they're the next the next generation of espionage. Yeah. 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 I mean, you could you could train animals to do like almost anything. Yeah, I mean, I mean if, within within reason. Right. I mean, if they're smart enough, right? So like mammals and stuff. I mean, could, yeah, I mean, you could train birds to do stuff. Like apes and things can do sign language and stuff. Yeah, but can they really? I don't know. I don't, yeah, I mean, that's I, yeah, that's a whole different. Or are they that, just like that, mimicking you? That whole that whole Coco the gorilla thing. I think that's a farce. Oh yeah. Yeah. I don't know. We'd because have to ask a primatologist. I, I, access to Coco is very limited. Oh really? Yeah. So that's why I kind of think it's um, what what zoo is she in? It's not a zoo, oh. a private. Oh, it's just a like private research thing that, oh. that the cocoa handler kind of came up with. Gotcha. I think okay. they're a nonprofit. Okay. I'm not. I'm not. Um, I really don't know. Okay. I'm just. Yeah. I'm just ta- thinking out loud here. Sure. I, you know. That's what this hour of Anthro Alert's all about. My own opinion. My own mm. ignorant opinion. I I know absolutely nothing. Speculating. Um, but there, I think there has been some critique of uh of that. Of that. Yeah. I mean, I know you, you. You mentioned birds. You can, I mean, you can do train birds to do quite a lot. Yeah. Especially like birds yeah. of prey are very intelligent. Oh yeah. Right. Like, I I also think it has to match with what they could what they would normally do. Right. And so yeah. you're, just, you're right. just trying to reinforce what you want. Yeah. yeah. And and make it context specific. I always I kind of want like a hawk or something to just, or like an owl to be like a messenger. Like I just want to write letters and just like send them via owl. Messenger owl. Messenger yeah. pigeon. Yeah, um, that that's a thing that happened not too recently between um, here in in uh, Florida and Cuba. Oh yeah, yeah, sending sending pigeons uh, pigeons back and forth. I think I heard something about that. Smuggling some contraband as well. Oh, uh, okay. It's like yeah. cigars and such. Yeah, cigars, different things, um, money, hmm. letters, notes, video. Oh, okay. Like you strap some camera little. Didn't they strap like GoPros to them or something? And then well, like well, one well, artist did that, right? Yeah. He, like, um, unleashed a oh, bunch of man. pigeons or something. I can't remember his name, but I remember hearing something about it. Uh, the the name is literally on the t- on the. 
I'll, I'll get it. Okay. I'll get it. Yeah, because he, like... Talk us through it for a little bit. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause, okay, so he, like, did the... Strapped a bunch of GoPros to to pigeons, but... um, Let's see. What what were we talking about? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, okay, we you, were going using, to see it. Using animals for espionage. Yeah, using animals for oh, espionage, well, so... Or, or that, or you want to go before that? Or Or... We were talking about, like, just, like, what intelligence gathering is actually like. So is it just straight-up James Bond? Because that would be cool. I mean, I imagine there probably are people that do in-person surveillance gathering and stuff like that. I mean, there's only so many ways you could go about gathering intelligence. So, um, But, I mean, obviously we don't hear about those people or know who they are. Um, that'd probably be a very dangerous job. Um, but then you have to do the all source analysis. So wading through what matters and what does not matter. Okay. So we've kind of concluded that the CIA mission is substantially different than department of state and is not, is not diplomacy. Yeah. So, so state department of state is like, again, let's kind of work together to create a, um, yeah. an amicable environment. Right. Um, Whereas the CIA, which stands for what? Central Intelligence Agency? Yes. I don't think we said that. Yes. Yeah. CIA is more of a um, don't you dare. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let me see if I can find. I think it's. I think the name was Duke Riley. Was it? Okay. Yeah. It's okay. not loading, but. I... Um, I would like to see how you become a CIA Officer or uh, it's a career? I don't career know. path? Yeah. I mean, Careers and internships. There we go. Yeah. Okay. So application instructions. No, I want to see. There's some like military transition that I see. Yeah, yeah, there are. Um, so military actually is a good stepping stone to three-letter agencies, such as the CIA or FBI, whichever one, or so DIA, whichever, whatever you're into. So let's see. I see stuff like analysis. Um, clandestine STEM enterprise and support to foreign language. Yeah, so there's actually a good variety of career opportunities here. Uh, let's do analytical positions because I imagine that's going to be sort of your intelligence analyst. Yeah. Oh, there's there's literally something that says intelligence collection analyst. You want me to, want me to look at that? Yeah. Yeah, so there's career tracks, analytical methodologist, counterintelligence threat analyst, counterterrorism analyst, cyber threat analyst, economic analyst, uh, like Renee said, intelligence collection, leadership analyst, military analyst, open source foreign media analyst. What, is that? what do you think that means? Open source foreign media analyst? Okay, so here's this little, the little blurb that they have. Uh, do you have proficiency in a foreign language and an interest in how the media organizes and shapes public opinion? Open source analysts apply foreign language and area knowledge to review and assess foreign-based websites, social media, and traditional press sources to identify trends, patterns, and relationships. That would actually be interesting as an anthropologist to do that. Yeah. Um, because some anthropologists kind of do that anyway. Yeah. Uh, now that like uh, social media and social network analysis is becoming more of a thing. Oh yeah, yeah. So I mean, um, some some anthropologists already do that. Yeah. Mainstay, um, uh, frequent visitor guest on the show, Alex Webb. Uh, that's one of his things that he's very good at. Right. Yeah. So. So if you're looking to hire somebody to, to do stuff like that, you know, yeah. Alex Webb, he's uh, here at USF. 
Yep. Hire him. He's a good dude. Pay him double the money. Yeah. <laughs> All the monies. Uh, so the last few here are trading analysts, science, technology, and weapons analyst, and political analyst. So there's a lot of different options you have here. This is interesting. Just, so the term a- a- analyst is like very ambiguous because sometimes you, you sometimes you hear it in in like just just random random professions. Like I had a friend that was um, like an analyst. I think some jobs just like put an analyst at the end to make it sound more fancy than what it is. I agree. Right, because if you're like an analyst and it's like oh. Like, you're important. Yeah, like but, you it's analyze. Just, but it's so ambiguous. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it really is. I mean, basically, an analyst is just like they give you a bunch of information, and you just have to, like, make sense of it. So it's like a, like a, almost like a like a self-inflation. Well, not really a self-inflation. Like, the, the jobs, like the person who created the job or, right. or the company who created the jobs, they, they want to attract people. They want to add prestige to it, so they just yeah. do the – okay. I mean, I imagine, like, an analyst – this is like a really sort of diluted form of what an analyst is. So like your professor came up and she was like, here's a stack of 30 research papers and here's some like pictures that I took in the field and here's like some maps of the village that I stayed in. She's like, and then she's just like, read all of this research articles, like look at these pictures and these maps and then, you know, write up like a co- make sense of all of this. You know, what does the literature say about what I found in the field? And then the, you, like, write up a report. <laughs> do, do my work for me. Yeah, basically, I mean, that's kind of like, you know, she gives you all this information, and then you have to wade through it and make sense of, like, you know, what are the connections between what you have, different media sources, and then, you know, like, write coherent thoughts about how things connect together. Oh, that sounds so stressful. Like, that's, that's why I that imagine it's what it is. I mean, it's kind of like just being a grad student. <laughs> okay. Except except in this case, as an intelligent collection analyst, you can make up to um, $80,000. Yeah, and you're yeah. going to be dealing with a lot more stressful information, I imagine. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, this this yeah. is this is more than the um, – oh, actually, you might not – it might actually be the same. Um, the, the marriage uh, – hold on. The, the kinship practices of the uh, Russian aristocracy. Mm. Right? Yeah. I mean that, that. I mean that. I, that might be a thing, right? That might be a thing. They probably keep track of political. I mean, the political analysts, right? Yeah. That probably matter then. And for our uh, aspiring anthropologists listening, what? How would you describe kinship? Or, or could you? I'll put uh, you on the spot, though. Kinship. Kinship to me is basically your relationship to, well, in like the West, your nuclear family, but also yeah. extended family, okay. but also in some communities, you know, it, it extends beh- beyond. Blood relations, yeah. So kind of like, yeah, kind of. Um, I w- I would say like kind of family, community, kinship. Right. Or, I'm sorry, I can't use the same word. Uh, relationship, connection, relation. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But like, but but formalized within a system, within a certain system. Right, right, right. I mean, there's like uh, like genealogies, like there's connections, like yeah. there's formal connections in how you relate to people. Yeah, and they're not always universal. Yeah, exactly. So, right. Um, there's a lot of different forms of kinship. So uh, I guess that's the CIA. So, so so CIA definitely not diplomacy. No. Yeah, we've come to that conclusion. It's definitely not. So we have about five more minutes, and I'm curious. I want to know your opinion here, Renee. Why do you think anthropologists, more anthropologists, don't engage in jobs such as the CIA or State Department? Well, I can't. I mean, obviously, I cannot speak. For, so for just everybody. in your just in your opinion, why why do you it, think more anthropologists aren't? I mean, in my opinion, there's just a general. Um, 
unease. Mm-hmm. Is it, there's a general unease of, of, of willing, or there, there's a general unease of wanting to put your, yourself as an anthropologist mm-hmm. in a position where the work you are doing could potentially be harmful to somebody else. Yeah. So I think you, to me, it kind of connects mostly to like our history as a field. Yeah, and that's and that's the context, the historical context that kind of builds on w- w- right. why people would have that unease. So, so it's not really that anthropologists can't do these jobs. It's that I think the uh, the training, historical background of our field, but also maybe how individual anthropologists lean politically. That yeah. kind of the, these types of jobs are kind of seen as a, a, a version. Yeah, like they kind of stay but, away. Matter of fact, I was at a I, I was at a very fancy gathering of oh. anthropologists very recently. Oh, okay. Yeah, very fancy. Oh. And um, uh, I I heard what I I think it was a joke, <laughs> but um, it was a uh, there's only one known Republican anthropologist. Oh, really? Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I always kind of thought about that, like. How how that would work? Oh, I'm sure there are others. I'm sure there are, because yeah. like I've kind of not, and not yeah. that there's anything wrong with that. There's not. Okay? I mean, I mean, yeah. you 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 be your political self. Whatever. Cool. Good right. for you. Yeah. But I also kind of like I I also kind of critique individuals that view that there's only one way to to practice anthropology, or there's yeah. only one type of anthropologist, and right? that's not very diplomatic. Exactly. Yeah. Well, it also kind of goes against our sort of views of like understanding and acceptance and all yeah, those kind of stuff yeah. right mm-hmm. because it's like our acceptance on like our terms right yeah. if we think you're doing the right thing so in like i think in these cases we should try to be more like a sociologist okay do, yeah. do, do you remember the difference i vaguely yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. that makes one of us i mean i, I, I imagine there's probably a lot more political diversity in yeah. that field oh yeah I, well if you're um, one of my one of our sociology friends, just call us in and update us. What's the sociology all about on our phone number? Yep, which is 813-974-9285. Or uh, on Twitter and text yeah. and whatever. Yeah, that was that was a good conversation. I like yeah, that. Yeah. So we kind of yeah. came to the conclusion that there weren't very many differences in contemporary anthropology sociology. Yeah. But that was the four of us talking. So, I mean, if we got maybe more seasoned faculty, they might have totally different opinions. Yeah, if we brought in Emil Durkheim from the, I believe... <laughs> Dead now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. If we could re- resurrect, if we could do resurrections. Yes. Is is Durkheim considered the father of sociology? Well, he's one of the. He's one of one of the early ones. One of the like theoretical founders, yeah. but I don't know if there's actually a. One, is there one person that's like this is the? Because I mean, sociology goes a lot further back than anthropology does. Yeah. So I'm I not sure. I really don't know. Like uh, American sociology, we claim Boas. But, like, European anthropology, I have no idea who they claim. I barely understand anthropology. (laughs) No more than one um, social science field at 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 a a time. time. Yeah, that's true. Um, Well, I guess guess that's it for today. Yep, so... uh, We we did want to kind of go over um, non-government diplomatic stuff, but we're out of time. Right. So quickly, what are just list some of those options? Mainly, uh, the the only ones really <laughs> think tank, right? I think that's yeah. the only one. Well, yeah, yeah I guess. Um, and other NGOs, possibly. Yeah. Well, the first one that came up in my search that that I am 
that I had heard of before, I'm not too familiar, but I heard of, was the RAND Corporation. Okay. And so they have a whole page where they discuss the work that they do in international diplomacy. Um, and as they say, it's an area in which RAND has significant research experience. So good, okay. for, good for them. Sure. Good for them. They're, they're, they're doing things. I think they're, that's a fairly large think tank, I think. I'm not sure. I don't know much about RAND either. They like the color purple. Oh, okay. Their website's very purple. I'm also fond of the color purple. Yeah, I do like purple. Yeah. Purple's a nice color. It's yeah. it's like it's calming, soothing. It is, right? And you can get different shades depending you can, you on how you feel. You get a lot of different shades. Yeah. You can be like real like bright purple and you like a lot of energy. Right. You can be like dark purple, almost black, time to go to sleep. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Cool. All right, so it's the we're at the 50-minute mark, so we're going to wrap up this hour, just this hour of Anther Alert, though. But make sure... That you stay tuned because we're going to have a guest on um, for the 3 to 4 o'clock hour. Uh, it's going to be real interesting. We're going to be talking to um, a guest, actually, that is not uh, a student or faculty here at USF. We're branching into into more phone interviews, so that's going to be a good time. It's going to be an interesting conversation, so make sure you are around for that. All right, stay tuned. We'll be back.